just saying to my next guest, um, and he's a physiotherapist, in fact, physiotherapist and lecturer here at the Curtin School of Health, Dr. Nick Saracini. Hi, Got it right? Yes, <laughs> Good correct. on you, Nick. Um, you, you come across it every day. That's what you do. That's your job. People with back problems and so on. But by gee, I don't think there are many people through their lifetime that they don't have a, a twins or a pain or mm-hmm. not sport-related. It just sort of happens. That, what the heck's going on? It's very, very, very common, yeah. yeah. It's almost like uh, about up to 20% per of the people per year will have some kind of back complaint. Um, and most people throughout their lifetime will have it at some point, like you said. Is it because, is it an age factor? As you get older, there's all the wear and tear. I, I get that that would be the case. But, for example, if you haven't done anything to incur what you would think, I mean, contact sport to me is, my God, how they ever get up off the ground? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that makes sense. But what would we be doing wrong in our lifestyle? Yeah, sure. So um, back pain like a lot of pain problems have has got a lot of these strong societal beliefs so we we think that age is really important for example or our discs are really important in back pain um we think that posture is really quite critical or core strength um but actually a lot of the evidence doesn't support some of these really strongly held societal beliefs yeah and so our our team um here at curtain is you know testing a lot of these ideas um, in in different ways in in trying to work out how best to help people and a lot of these um, beliefs are just that they're just beliefs that aren't supported by research what are the most common Uh, the most common beliefs Mm -hmm. yeah probably that um, you have to keep a correct posture right um, to prevent back pain that's a really common one that is interesting you are told as a, a child at school come on sit up straight I no, never thought there was about preventing back pain. I always thought it was just you look better yeah. <laughs> when you had your shoulders back yeah. and you hit up. Yeah. I mean, that's a common yeah. one that people with pain will say. Um, the other ones are like disc bulges are the cause of back pain. Um, are they not? No, no, they're not clearly. So we, what we know about disc bulges is a bit more like grey hairs. As we age, we get more of them. Um, <laughs> oh, you've noticed, have you? <laughs> <laughs> That's your future. I'm, get, I'm getting some as well, I'm, don't worry. You look like George Clooney at the moment, but let me tell you, you'll <laughs> that, be getting that. that. That'll change, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's, it's very distinguished. Don't worry yeah. about that. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, when you say disc bulges, what causes that, for example? Yeah, so mainly it's genetics. So really? So we'll tend to get changes in our disc from when we're teenagers and as over time different people will have different amount of disc bulges as they age what happens when you have a disc bulge so the um the the disc which sits between the two vertebra in your spine um loses some of its kind of size and actually starts to kind of flatten out and spread out like jelly a little bit like jelly and moves out a little bit. We don't oh. like that gem donut Sorry. kind of view, but um, but you're right in some ways. It's, it, it's it's a hard, um, robust structure, but it just becomes a little bit more flattened and kind of like if you had two limestone blocks between a car tire. Yep. And you just push down on it, and the car tire would just flatten and kind of squeeze out sideways a bit. And that can happen gen- because of your genetics. It yeah, can do genetics. What you do for work what activities you're involved in, how you move. So it's it's quite a complex area as to why people get disc bulges. That sounds painful. Disc bulges? Uh, they can be. So what oh. we know about disc bulges is that particular ones where you've got pressure on a nerve and you've got that classic kind of back and leg pain, disc bulges can be painful and a cause of pain, 
But a lot of the time with people with normal back pain, they are not a clear cause of pain. What can be done about that then? Um, disc bulges don't need to be treated um, oh. really. They just can be something that is um, like a red herring. It's something that doesn't bother you you go about your life and it doesn't actually cause any problems but if that some would get pain from it some people would okay and and um in those cases a lot of them um resorb over time so in the 12 months following a severe disc bulge most of them shrink your body kind of oh, brings um, it back brings it back and in rare cases you will need you know surgery to correct something that was severe that's not resorbing and not getting better so each case is assessed individually yeah, exactly that yeah the just symptoms to know that you have got a disc bulge very obvious isn't yeah so yeah. A, a symptomatic disc bulge will present like um clear pain traveling down the leg where you've got this burning shooting type pain that's pretty obvious yeah yeah and you know you're stiff in the morning where you can't wake up you can't move because it's that's um, very obvious. Yes, yes. So um, not your more common, what we would call non-specific back pain, which is about 90% of cases, um, that, is, that is not, um, it's, it's more rare to have disc-related okay. pain. And you say as a teenager that can start to happen. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So, so yeah. remember that, that whole grey hair analogy where um, as we get older we get more of them, but they're not that related to pain. And mostly they start to make changes in your kind of teenage times. You'll see okay. a little bit. But as we get to about 60 years old, around 60% of people will have cert, you know, disc boulders and disc changes. You know, it's very common. Could it be aggravated if you were to continue doing a, a, playing a sport or something? Yeah, look, um, sports can be really a good thing, to be honest, to build strength and, and create good movement. Yeah. But... but the alternative is obviously true as well, where in certain circumstances, sport might aggravate people's backs So too. once again, individual yeah, assessment, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Uh, yep. it, uh, it keeps us up and going, doesn't it? I mean, a back problem can be really very debilitating. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the most disabling condition globally, lower back pain. Yeah. And um, what we know about it is that it's very difficult to shift once it's set in. So once once back pain lingers, and you, you may know people or in your family or friends that have had back pain for many many years, um, soon as it becomes uh, you know hangs around for a long time or becomes persistent, it's it's tricky to um, shift and get improvement, and that's what we're kind of trialling and, and testing at Curtin at the moment. I think you're on the right track here because we do have to get rid of those myths. It's your opportunity to have a chat to our guest, Dr Nick Saracini, physiotherapist and lecturer here at the Curtin School of Health. He knows about your back. I'm telling you, if you have a question, don't hesitate to give us a call, 94841927. Now, you're doing some study. Yes, that's Just correct. explain it, if you will. Yeah, so um, part, of, part of the PhD I conducted was, a, was all about... Um, lifting and lower back pain so lifting is the biggest trigger for lower back pain and often something that's really feared and avoided by people with lower back pain and what we did we took 40 people 20 with and without history of lower back pain and we made them lift a box a hundred times and um, they were manual workers in physical jobs like bunnings workers or um, brickies laborers and what we found is that people with back pain actually follow the advice more than people without back pain. So essentially, they um, they lifted with a straighter back, with more bent knees, yeah. um, more stiffer, slower, 
and they were the people with the back pain. So the people without back pain actually did everything that we think's wrong, okay. which is like you know rounding your back to lift, not using your legs so much, and moving with a bit more freedom. That is interesting because that's what we've always been told: uh, manual workers to bend your knees, go down and lift up. So what you were saying, they had back pain anyway before you started, and did it get worse or? Did it stay at the same level? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've looked at the the evidence for the straight back lifting advice that everyone gets in ergonomics, and actually there isn't any. So when we, when we did a systematic review and meta-analysis that's published about three or four years ago, there actually isn't good evidence to say that all those, th- all those things are better for your back when you lift. Um, and in these people, what happened was... As people lifted repeatedly with back pain, um, they actually became more like the people without back pain in terms of how they moved, but their pain escalated and their fatigue escalated. Goodness. Um, And so what we think here is that lifting-related pain is much more complex than just about how you move your knees and how you position your back, and it's about a whole range of other factors. The people that lifted with the bent knees, straight back, and had back pain anyway, was that from lifting that way that caused their pain or was it premeditated out there before? So the one criteria was they had to have lifting-related back pain that they were seeking care for. So lifting was a primary trigger of their back pain. Right. Um, and so, yes, lifting caused their back pain. Um, and what they did is it, it kind of cues that schema in everyone's mind to go, all right, I've got lifting pain. What do I do? I bend my knees. I keep my back straight. Right. I tense my core. And, and actually, those things don't seem to be very helpful for people with back pain. It's going to be interesting. I'll ask you in a moment what the future is then and what people sure. should be doing. And we've got Bob on the line. Good afternoon, Bob. Hello, Jenny. Long time no see. Yeah, good on you. How are you going? You good? I can't complain. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, Dr. Nick. Yes, Bob? Dr. Nick, this is my history. Raced at Speedway at Claremont and Forestfield on motorbikes and open wheels. Had lots of pranks and got lots of metal in my body. Played football and got knocked around. Disrespectful sort of life over the teenage years and abused and abused my body. Over the years, I've worked as a mechanic, hanging over bonnets, lifting motors, lifting gearboxes stupid and doing it back all the time i wore it out and then when i fell off the top of a truck and shattered vertebrae dr watson from st john and god's put a u-plate on three discs to keep them separated to repair it he told me the only thing to get off get your back going is get off your bum and walk and i have done that since 94 and i have never had a problem with my back i walk regularly and it's just exercising your back continuously. That's interesting. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's a really common story, Bob. It sounds like you had a, a fun um, <laughs> fun childhood and, and uh, upbringing. But um, in terms of um, exercise for back pain, look, you're, you're, you're a good example of even if you have to have severe back surgery or you've had severe back injury, you can still recover from those things and exercise we think is a key pillar strengthen the muscles yeah walking movement physical activity um you touched on it as well jenny at the beginning um that's one of the key things we think helps people um recover or prevent back pain is is being consistent with your walking like bob is how far do you walk a day bob 
Uh, to the bar and back. <laughs> no, Jimmy, I just take the dog for a walk of about a kilometre, kilometre and a half. Other times, twice a week, I do about a three to five kilometre walk. Oh, that's If good. it's not too hot. Well, as I bet you're inside today. Oh, yes. <laughs> I played golf this morning, though. <laughs> good. Bob, just as a matter of interest, did you ever go back to the doctor and suggest what you're doing and or tell them what you're doing, and did they check on your back and say it's... Yes, and he used me as an example for any future people. I spoke to about eight different people over the years oh, who had the same operations as me. He used me as a, an example of what you can do and can't do. Very pleased. Well, we're so glad you rang through to tell everybody that. That's for sure, Bob. Good on you. You take care. Yes. It's just, just make sure you get off your bum and do something. Yeah, you're right, you know. Thank you, Bob. You can't help ask everyone to do help, help you all the time. Yeah, it's very true. I think, Jenny, we need right. more stories. Thank you, Bob. We need more stories like Bob's, I think, um, because the narrative around back pain is so negative. You know, once you've got it, it's very hard to get rid of. Um, you know, it's going to cripple your life. You'll end up in a wheelchair. All these types of things that exist out in the yeah, in true. the world, whereas Bob's narrative is one of kind of positivity and highlights that you can recover yeah. from these things. Do you know, with pain, you sit because you don't want it aggravated and you, you actually have a panic thing. Your brain takes over. Um, you know, I, I think, like I said, so many people, I've got scoliosis or mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. and that hurts a bit sometimes, but and yeah. you think, if I sit down, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, like Bob said... what? Yeah, what we know about um, avoiding things, especially when we avoid things that we care about, such as if we avoid um, golf, because... You know, you, you like playing golf, let's say, but golf is the thing that bothers you back the most. As soon as you start to avoid the things you care about, and that could be work or it could be picking up your kids, um, the mental impact of yeah. the condition starts to actually increase a lot. And part of the treatment that we're kind of building in, at Curtin at the moment is to target those cognitions, emotions, mm-hmm. and also the things that people are avoiding as this is how to improve from back pain or get your life yeah. back. The mental attitude, you're absolutely right. You, you tend to favour, and I won't do that because it'll hurt. Yeah. And people, you know, living with pain is pretty tough. Yeah, There's absolutely. No about it. What about, okay, um, so the, the, it's interesting. Go, yeah, go there's, a, there's a time, obviously, if you've hurt your back lifting something on the weekend, rest, recover. But the, the thing is, it's a bit like an ankle sprain. You sprain your ankle, you don't run and play footy that next day. You take some time, you walk, you jog, and then you get back to the game, right? Mm -hmm. But with back pain, the narrative's different. It's like, okay, I've hurt my back, I'm going to take a bit of time, and then actually I'm never going to ever get back to doing that thing again. Whereas we actually want people getting back there as well. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. You're right, there's so much more that we and you are letting us know now that we should take on board. Just going back to the research you did with lifting, okay, there's a lot of people that that's part of their job. What have you found and what would your your advice be from now on? Yeah, my advice for lifting is that... so, so. The first part of that question, sorry, is what did we find? We essentially found that um, people with no history of pain um, don't follow the guidelines for lifting advice. So how you lift might, might be one part of the problem, but we don't think it's as important as the kind of current views around how, how to lift. I don't think that that's the be-all and end-all, for example. Um, there seems to be much more important factors predicting um, back pain related to lifting. 
and one of those things like bob touched on is your levels of physical activity mm. um in terms of my advice now if you're in a lifting role my my advice would be to firstly get really fit and strong for task so if you're someone that is involved in lifting you should be really good at it you should practice it you should twist and turn and lift in different ways you must get your muscle muscle strength up for that yeah, role yeah build your capacity for role yeah that makes sense um and then other than that, we think that all of these things like stress, the way you sleep, um, how fatigued you feel, other body pains, um, and a range of other things are actually really important for how your body functions and feels when you lift. Yeah. Um, and looking after all of these things seems to be kind of really critical. It, it's a whole combination of things. That's what you're really implying, aren't you? Absolutely. We've got another caller. Hello, Vivian. Hi, Dr. Nick. Um, I've always um, been physical and done a lot of exercise. I'm now 67 and have been walking and walking, um, but have developed sciatica. And I'm okay for the first two and a half kilometres and then suddenly I get that sharp pain right down my leg. And I'm just wondering whether the only thing to do with it is to rest Okay, um, look, rest is one way, like I said to Jenny, to help calm down your symptoms in the, in the short term and definitely yeah. an okay strategy if it's a new problem. But um, mm -hmm. often with sciatica, that isn't the, a good long-term strategy. Um, and firstly, you've got to figure out the cause of that sciatica or that pain going down your leg. Um, and once you know what the cause of it is, there should be targeted treatments for you to help get you back walking as far as you like. Um, okay. 60, Mid-60s is young, so there's no reason why yeah. you shouldn't be able to do the things you I want. Um, just It just um, requires a really targeted um, intervention based on whatever your problem is and it's hard for me to know that over the radio how yeah, would you yeah. how would you prevent the pain then yeah and and so that pain might be coming from her back that sciatic pain for example um and it could be to do with for example the the way she's walking it could be to do with the strength of her legs that maybe she could build her strength up and change the pain um maybe she's really tense and guarded and stiff at the moment because her back's a bit sore and it's going down her leg and she needs to move in a, in a slightly less protective way okay. so there's a there's a range of rehab strategies that might be relevant but without seeing vivian it's it's a challenge so that, that, yeah. that could be what you should do vivian get some advice Yes, I will. Um, the pain feels though. Um, I can I can sort of relieve it by digging my fingers into my buttock. Yeah, and, um, and, yeah, and that's why I ask. Sometimes sciatic pain, the pain going down the leg, comes from the buttock region, not the back. So it yeah. just requires a really thorough assessment by a good quality yep. physio in your area, okay. and then yep. some targeted advice and treatment. And um, that that should put you on the right track. Yeah, need advice, Bert. Good Thank on you. You, you take care. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Now, when you say sciatica, it's a nerve, is it? Yes. So the it's a generic term for nerve-related pain that goes down your leg. What would have you know started something like that? Usually, I know we spoke about that that discs aren't important but in this case a lot of the time what sensitizes your sciatic nerve and hence the name sciatica are disc material 
that has become um, inflamed oh, and okay. it, it sensitizes the lining of the nerve and that's why you experience pain. But there down are the different leg. reasons sometimes. Yeah, so ninety percent of back pain is non specific, meaning um, there's discs re- potentially related or muscles or nerves or joints, um, but it's non-specific, meaning we're not sure what's going on in terms of the cause and we can treat it in a non-specific way, whereas in some cases, like in Vivian's case, sciatic sciatic pain is a specific cause, usually caused by irritation of the nerve in the back. If we've got people listening that don't have health health problems with their back and they don't have have any pain at the moment, what would be your suggestion to prevent in the future? Yeah, keep doing exactly what you're doing. I think if you're on a good course... Um, I would say keep fit, keep active, keep sh- as strong as you can. Um, make sure that you're looking after your both your mental health and also your overall general health. Optimistic. So, yeah, so keeping a, um, less stress in your life, good quality sleep, looking after all your other general health conditions, they're all really helpful for... Um, for back pain. Uh, Bob of Joondalup has called through with a helpful hint for people that don't want to hit the bitumen. Yeah, absolutely. So it could be that um, Vivian's case just needs a bit of time and maybe some reduced loading, such as walking a bit less or getting into a pool, which hydrotherapy yeah. is pretty useful at those types of and they do, situations. They do have classes, I think, for people yeah, in yeah. swimming pools and that yeah, sort absolutely. of thing. Yeah, what, absolutely. What okay. the hydro pool does in that case is... Yeah kind of gets you to relax a bit and allows you to walk with less um less pain less pressure and that's a good yeah. way to just kind of start and then you can build back up to where you want to be can i before we finish with you do you ever have young people present with back problems yeah absolutely unfortunately do you? Gosh. yeah yeah so it starts to emerge back pain in the teens usually so from kind of 10 12 upward and um it can be linked to a whole range of things, but some of the more common um, reasons why back pain emerges in the teens is either significant sporting um, kind of requirements that does create structural injury, but also what we see is that people um, who have had kind of traumatic um, childhood in, in some way where... What, it, physically? E- either physically or mentally or... Um, where they've had a number of different things happen in their early life, these early life stresses, they're called, seem to be linked with back pain quite closely. Is that interesting? Yeah. Is that a mind over a physical thing, do you think? Well, we think there's this really close interplay with back pain and um, the physical and mental components seem to be quite linked in why you might experience back pain. The mind is so strong, is it not? That relates to physical problems, not just back, but anywhere, really. Yeah, exactly. It is strong. But, you know, even from a biological level, if your stress system is really dialed up at a young age, there's really good evidence for this, it changes how you you experience symptoms such as back pain in your body. Keep us in mind... We love talking about misery. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. No, that, that great examples of moving. What yeah. you've said today. Yeah, it's nice to have yeah. a nice positive narrative. I guess. Yeah. No, please um, come back again, Nick. Okay. Thank do. you. Thanks thank for you. having me, Jenny. There's a pleasure, Dr. Nick Saracini from Curtin University. Curtin.